Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We are here dissecting the topics. A couple weeks for the Super Bowl. I got Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, and Jason Bowen with me. What we do each week is get together, chat, but all of the applicable Viking, or it's not Vikings, the NFL topics of the weeks. I come from a Vikings background, but this show is about the NFL. And this week, we're going to get into kind of the options for the Buccaneers after Tom Brady, who retired on Wednesday. Some of the head coaching hires, some of the rest of that head coaching carousel, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback dilemma, and early thoughts. Maybe a couple early thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup, because we'll get into that next week. That's the agenda. Foremost, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any game or sport imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. The trend zone is back for the month of February, and we uh, woke up this morning to the news of Tom Brady's retirement. We've got four guys on the show tonight. What we're not going to do is go around the horn and talk about how great Tom Brady is because. That would be 10 minutes worth of stuff we already know. What I'm more interested in, other than, you know, kudos to Brady, uh, GOAT undisputed, is what is the life, uh, the the plan for life after Brady at quarterback? Because if you look at the NFC South, it's unless they all draft really sweet quarterbacks, it's a pile of garbage when it comes to QB1s. No idea what the Saints are going to do. They have two veteran free agents in Winston and Dalton that are going to hit True blue free agency. You've got the Falcons with Ritter, and I couldn't see him going back to Mariota. That would be strange. The Panthers with this Mayfield Darnold thing. They're both free agents. And then the Buccaneers with Kyle Trask as the one dude on there. So, Cody, I'll start with you. What do you expect for the Buccaneers to do at quarterback? Is it just Trask? I definitely think Trask plays a part in it. You have to see what you have in your uh, second rounder you spent in 2021. Um, I do remember last year when Brady retired, um, naturally they started talking about Kyle Trask more once preseason started rolling around. And I do remember hearing some positive things from him. But uh, for me personally, I see this offense and I cannot stop thinking about Jacoby Brissett and how great he would be in this offense. Uh, he seems like he would he would be a great fit. It's going to be a team that has a huge leadership void, and Jacoby Brissett showed with the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, you know, he 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 wasn't the best quarterback in football, but as far as filling a void left behind by Tom Brady and at a low cap hit, uh, I could definitely see Jacoby Brissett signing there. And then um, I would also like to see them take a flyer on someone like Hendon Hooker. Uh, 25-year-old rookie coming out with an ACL injury. Don't need to start right now. Kyle Trask and Brissett are not the guys. So having something like that in your back pocket would be pretty awesome. Is he really 25? 
Yeah. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard. But, I mean, he has, he has a lot of potential. Yeah, but he's going to Denver. Know, he's a mobile Co- quarterback. Cody, he's going to Denver. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple... everybody's favorite fourth-round quarterback. <laughs> Kellen Mond. Albright uh, loves him. There's uh there's some crossover in Vikings fandom with the University of Tennessee with some friends of mine and I remember hearing about him at a tailgate party and I just thought the bastard was 20 or 21 I didn't know he was 25 it's mm. oh boy that scares me uh Wes Tampa Bay quarterback future what do you got uh I've been going back and forth on this one uh for most of the day uh, I can see them taking a, a short-term filler and like a, a Brissett or a Garoppolo, somebody to come in and just uh, keep the ship steady. Um, I didn't have a chance to check out their cap situation, but not good. It could be a a good, not good. Yeah, it could be mm-hmm. a good spot to just hit the reset button temporarily. Um, tank for the year that um that division it's not very good um <laughs> even more so now um and you know get into the 2024 qb sweepstakes that uh will happen next year um i i don't know if they actually do that with the veterans that they have on the team um I think they probably still push their chips in with how the division is. Um, I I think the Saints have as good a chance as any in that division to to come out on top, especially with uh, no Brady. Um, the Saints have traditionally had the the Buccaneers number in in recent years. Uh, so I I don't know what direction they would. Go go in uh if it were me i would almost hit the reset button temporarily just for next year uh clear out some of the cash space and and build that roster that's been a little bit diminished with retirements and and whatever else um i also wanted to know how uh frank wright is stepping into a a similar situation he stepped when he stepped into indianapolis that uh afc was that south uh that they're in mm-hmm. um wasn't very good either and, and now he's stepping into a nfc south and again <laughs> it's not very good either so uh if he can't get it done at this stop I, he shouldn't sniff another head coaching gig <laughs> yeah I, I hadn't thought about that parallel uh jason we have on the table kyle trask jacoby Brissett. What do you think, sir? Do you think it's just a, a fall guy year for Bulls or does Trask any <laughs> yeah. good or what? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, I, I think all those options are are on the table. I I, I mean, but yeah, I, I don't know that it matters. I mean, we saw w- with Brady what he did that th- that season has to be attributed to the to, to just this massive drop off between Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles in, in the coaching realm had to have been, uh, yeah, granted 
Brady is keep he just keeps getting older and older and older, but they still have the talent on that team to be somewhat better than what they were, in my opinion. Uh, I think you just do that. Maybe yeah, and Hendon Hooker. Let's get back to him for a second. That he definitely qualifies on the badass name list. That's an awesome name. Yeah, got the double Hendon H Hooker. going on. Uh yeah, no, there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, uh, that I follow out in Denver that that talk about the, that guy a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that they, you know, I don't think it's going to matter either which way you do it with with them. I mean, so you're talking about the Brissettes or the Trask. I mean, I don't know how bad Trask is or what Brissett could possibly do down there, but it's Tampa Bay is going to sink into the doldrums um, for for a little while. I believe paid a good price for that Super Bowl win. Yeah, they did. I mean, they it's got to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, they, they, they got, they accomplished exactly what their goal was. And, uh, you know, some of those heavy hitters on their team, the stars that I just kind of alluded to with the Godwins and, the and the Evans and it seems like Mike Evans has been in the league yeah, for 20 minutes, 20 years old. <laughs> I mean, he's, seems like he's been around forever. Uh, you know, you know, they're not, none of them are getting any younger. I think they all got pretty decent contracts, which explains their cap situation. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough, rough few years for them. And and not only that, but they're going to need to figure out the head coach situation after this year next too. So it's, it, yeah, it won't be good, but at least they got a super bowl out of the deal. So only mm-hmm. they know right now, I'm sure like some draft scouts think they know, but only they know if Trask is any good. And uh, you might recall what eight weeks ago when Garoppolo broke his foot, we kind of like, really, they're going to go with Brock Purdy. And it, it sounded stupid. And, you know, it almost took him to the promised land. So Trask could be unbelievable, just chilling and they know it. Otherwise, I, I disagree that they need to have a, uh, like a transformational year because their defense is still peppered with talent. And then they've got the two big wide receivers. I can't remember if I think Godwin's supposed to be back. I don't know if he's a free agent or not, but it seems like, uh, yeah, he'll be back. And I don't think Bolt Todd Bowles is going to be like, yeah, let's, let's cool. We'll just go for six and 11 or so this year and I'll get fired. I think he'll want to win. Yep. So I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. they will explore like Garoppolo or Derek Carr. And then, you know, if Trask is good enough, so be it. But, what about yeah. Carson Wentz? Nope. Get out of here. Nope. He's uh <laughs> no his his obituary is written. The only job he's coming for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's been done for years. I just throw it out there. <laughs> so why not? He probably, bring him he in. probably goes back to Washington. I can see Washington striking out on some QB play and having to settle. Washington was looking to make moves today. Uh I saw trying to get that uh, offensive coach out of uh, San Francisco. They interviewed. So for their yeah, coaching from the old Shanahan tree. Yeah. Cause they need, mm-hmm. they still need OC. That's a segue. Uh, we didn't have much to talk about for head coaches last week, but there was movement indeed since we last chatted and I'll uh, let me cue the, it won't come on. It won't come on live. It'll come on for listeners of starship. I'll start with you, <laughs> Jason, because uh, well, last week when we talked, we were still uh, thinking Harbaugh, could like you know reverse course and then i said demeco ryan's that's what uh some source folks were telling me um but it ultimately was sean payton the the guy that we'll know for sure if russell wilson is salvageable um we're gonna find out because sean payton is the guy to do it so i know you wanted harbaugh but where did you settle sir give us a speech about sean payton 
Oh, uh, ultimately a great hire uh, at the end of the day. But I, I got to admit, when I first saw it tweeted out there, I, there was a little disappointment because I wanted Harbaugh that bad. And I <laughs> thought for surely with this cold secret operation that Michigan up to Michigan, I'm like, that's that. Game. All right. So we don't find out about that meeting until six days after the fact. What's to say that they don't already have a deal done? And we just don't ha- haven't heard about it yet. I mean, I've never even heard of that. Some a meeting taking place that covertly, um, and then it, it gets announced Saturday night on Twitter. I mean, nothing happens Saturday night on Twitter. <laughs> um, but but ultimately, yeah. I mean, a great great hire, probably the best hire for Russell Wilson. No question about it. Um, obviously, a proven leader. Um, great great coach offensively he had a couple of down years a couple of losing seasons with breeze in his prime um but ultimately during those during those seasons his offense was always right where it needed to be and their defense was just absolutely putrid mm-hmm. uh his offensive ranks are are unmatched um some people could debate if that was breeze or peyton i like to tend to think it's more peyton but i think they complemented each other both well if anybody can fix russ it's peyton and if they can't well then uh, Peyton is a, is a leader that I trust. It's going to be good to have an adult in the room again, for sure. I mean, you know, and, you know, I was I was really excited about Peyton. You know, I, Broncos country was excited about Peyton after week four last year. They're like, bring him in. Do whatever you need to do to get Sean Peyton. Uh, I just didn't think it was feasible, doable. Uh, they made it work. Got a good deal done for both sides. Um great fit hopefully so but i i gotta temper my expectations yeah. after what happened last year <laughs> yeah yeah so. when once you once you had like the euphoria of knowing russell wilson was coming and such a, a good guy and hack it like so jovial like you know it couldn't go wrong then indeed um it went wrong wes let me ask you this so i'm guessing that anybody that started a coaching search this cycle or probably in the history of humankind would rather not give away a lot of draft capital for a coach because you can just go hire Mm -hmm. hire a good one for a regular price but that was not the case and you put out which i don't even think is a theory i think is a bona fide explanation as to why the broncos settled with peyton tell us it and just enlighten us yeah i think that they they wanted uh, D'Amico Ryans, and they had reached out to him. And at that point, uh, he probably uh, signified to them that, you know, he's that Houston's his first choice, and uh, he's gonna take the interview with them and see where that goes. And at that point, they probably pivoted to moves their their next uh, choice. Uh, I think you know what Jason said has been relatively true in that Harbaugh was probably choice one, Ryan's was choice two, and then Peyton was choice three. I think Peyton would have been a lot higher on that list, probably number one, if not for uh, the cost. Yeah, uh, that cost being the draft capital and then the contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're talking somewhere between seventeen to twenty million a year for Peyton, which just absurd. Um, then you have a, a new ownership group that they they need to put their stamp on this offseason. And that coaching search was going to was always going to be their stamp. Um, it wasn't going to be anybody they drafted, any free agent that they brought in. It was going to ultimately come down to uh, the coach that they brought in. Um, 
after they kept getting lukewarm information from Jim Harbaugh, they decided to uh, pivot to Ryan's. Ryan's informed them that, you know, he's going to take the meeting with Houston first uh, before making any kind of deal. And then uh, at that point, they pivoted to uh, Peyton and to the Saints to come to an agreement, uh, albeit a, a costly one. Uh, they're giving up uh, first in a sec, a first this year, a second next year uh, for Peyton, and a third uh, next year. So, uh, um, getting, getting that, back. that helps a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, if they do lose their uh, D coordinator, I think even for a um, uh, like a equal transfer move, uh, mm-hmm. you know, moving from D coordinator for Denver to Minnesota, I believe that they still are eligible to uh, recoup another third rounder next year for um, Compensatory. some of the NFL policies they have. Yeah. So Cody, so, um, actually, I, th- I I think that that might be inaccurate. I think I've heard that um, he would have to remain in his position with the team for at least mm. two years. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Cody, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but I mean, I I'm pretty certain. The that's so. <laughs> so we needed to uh so the, the the walmart people needed to put like a member's mark whatever the sam's brand is on the broncos and they did that with sean payton i have absolutely no doubt that sean payton would have been revealed as somebody's head coach on the day after black monday if it didn't involve draft picks i just think that's a supreme like it just makes your eye roll if you're a general manager or an ownership like really well, I'll just go get Demeco Ryan's or oh, it's cool. I'll get Harbaugh. I don't have to pay any draft capital. I think that was the thing. And it wasn't any, it wasn't really Peyton's fault. Um, but let's see. We're still on the Broncos, Cody. So do you like this Peyton and Denver thing? I mean, I, I kind of, the Broncos have grown on me more as I met Jason and became his friend. So naturally with them hiring Sean Payton, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> Do I not like the Broncos now because Sean Payton's there? Or do I start to like Sean Payton now because he's on the Broncos? You can do both. I'm undecided yet. I do. I, I Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I'm going to be rooting for everything to work out and Sean Payton not to be such a child. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, just like Jason, he, he nailed it on the head saying this is the best move for Russell Wilson. And I think plan A this offseason is, is that besides the coach is to uh, figure out Russell Wilson, because no matter what, you're kind of stuck with the guy. So if you could fix that, I'm sure a lot of other things are going to fall into place and things look a lot better in Denver this time next year than it was yeah, after this. One more thing I'm going to chime in and say, which is that it's not necessarily a direct relation to Sean Payton, but one thing that has been constant over the last six to seven years is no owner none Mm -hmm. you know we had a trust right that obviously in that whole time i told myself well i can't make that 
big of a difference, can it really, though? But when you have Elway calling the shots and actually Joe Ellis above him making more, if it wasn't for Joe Ellis, we'd have Kyle Shanahan. You find all that stuff out later like that. So you're getting the team ran by a group of people that really have to answer to no one, right? Mm -hmm. So I think having the ownership group, which has proven that they're willing to, to do whatever it takes and also willing to make those tough decisions and to have some accountability there finally, and to get a coach in there that can lead, which is another thing this group hasn't had in so long is an actual leader of the entire team. Um, you know, you got the accountability from ownership, you got the leadership and the coach. Um, that's why this does just feel a little bit different because I'll guarantee that what we've seen in the past six, seven years is just, I can't imagine that happening any further. Yeah. And the ownership, I think, helps out a great deal with it. And the ownership wasn't even in place when when Hackett was brought in. So yeah, that's why, and you'll know this too, um, everybody on the show and the listeners, is that that's why whether it is a company, a sports team, the mafia, anything, that's why there's always one guy or gal at the top because there needs to be one trigger person. Otherwise, you sit there and spin your wheels like a bunch of buffoons and you group think into a suit uh situation it's it's wise to have your cabinet or your council but then ultimately there's one human being that says i'm gonna be the guy and if i fuck it up then it's on me whereas yep. you're like oh yo that was joe ellis or that was joe ellis's cousin that one time like yeah, yeah that's how that's how things go terrible and that's why every every organization like i said mafia company anything is like there's always one because you have to have that person that steps up and says this is what we're doing shut your mouth discussions over because otherwise you'll, you'll be in hell forever and owns it even if it go like what you, i love what you just said too and owns it if it yes. goes wrong yep uh you know oh and that's that's big and i i, I did forget too that obviously we're doing this uh the show as always with three vikings fans who probably <laughs> literally hate sean payton uh i mean it's so <laughs> yeah jason so, i got a question so w will the butthole, i.e. Sean Payton's face, will it get tighter in that? It may. <laughs> it very well might. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have any ill feelings toward that guy, but I can imagine that you guys do. I hear it at work, too. I can't, I I mean, can't wait Vikings for, fans I can't wait for him to make the choke and just to pat Mahomes. Well, and the Vikings play the Broncos this year. Out. Yeah, in Denver. Denver, too. Wait, so. Ooh. Yeah, I think I it, so this is all stemmed. You'll remember, Jason, is from Bounty Gate. It isn't just because the guy gets on our nerves because he does thing. A. Oh, yeah, Bounty Guy for sure. Yeah, 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 it's it's because there is a legitimate case to prosecute that he because of him, the Vikings did not go to the Super Bowl against the Colts in 2009. Uh, it's helped that in the last two playoff games, the Vikings have won. It's really been like, you know, there you go, karma, sir. So yeah. I guess perhaps the hatred has gone by the wayside a little bit because now it doesn't <laughs> feel like he's as daunting. Uh, but yeah, for a decade, it was he was the devil. But uh, overall, as yeah. a coach, though, what do you guys? Oh, I mean, yeah. 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 That's you can you can hear it when he uh, when he talks that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, for the life of me, I don't know how he either let Bounty Gate go on or was behind it or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, no, I another thing that I think this I don't I'm sure this has been said in Bronco land is. The cool part is it restarts the clock on Russell Wilson. So there was whispers that what are they going to do with Russ three weeks ago? You know, like, God, could they really cut him and just swallow that and start over because he was so bad? Well, now you start over because you have tutelage of a quarterback whisperer. So 
assuming Russ does decent in 2023, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks, then you're like, all right, we can win with this guy. <clears throat> Whereas you were like a month ago coming up with all these preposterous scenarios about, will he go in there and just say, I want to take a pay cut because I'm a prick. No, <laughs> I, all of these things. But now, now you get the clock restarted. And after two yeah. years, if it really hasn't worked out, then you can start to plot the afterlife and it won't mm-hmm. be as egregious as a, you know, $200 million dead yeah. cap or whatever the hell it was. A hundred percent. And and I think too, and I, I would, I would like to imagine that he's got a way to where he can, you know, get the best out of Russ and sit him down, not only physically on the field, but get through to him in a way to where he understands. And, and they both really kind of understand that in all honesty, both of their legacies are kind of, tied now to one mm-hmm. another because I don't think Sean Payton is a hall of fame coach yet. Maybe, but I don't think, I mean, and, and Russ isn't, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, especially if Russ had another year or two, he doesn't, you know, Hey Russ, you don't want to be re- remembered like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he would, he's going to listen to Sean Payton, respect Sean Payton. Whereas before, I mean, we, we had no adult in the room and I, I say that a lot, but that was so true. The beauty of it is that Sean will want to prove he can win without Drew and Russ will want to prove he can win without Pete. <clears throat> and together, they're both winners. They can do it, you know, alongside yeah. each other. And then they can, you know, and not that anybody just thinks they're habitual losers, maybe for Wilson right now, but they have the they have each other to continue on their resumes, which are already pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and it makes me It makes me feel, and I know, I get told the whole year, nobody nobody should feel sorry for Russell Wilson. I kind of did. I kind of felt bad with for that guy. Of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but take the money out. I mean, he's a competitor. I mean, he wants to win. I mean, I think, and, you know, God, he, nobody really came out and stuck up for him at all. And I, he doesn't need that. I know he's a freaking billionaire damn near, but uh, to, for Sean Payton to want to go there, was pretty telling too, because I didn't think anybody wa- you know, you heard a lot of the media spin about nobody wants the job because of Russ. Man, this operation goes sideways. Right now it feels like it can't get any worse, but I mean, if these two don't connect, well, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, the commitment like this, Sean Payton could go one in 16 next year and, He's still going to be there. Russell yeah. wouldn't be. Yeah. But yeah. Russ is the, yeah. Sean's what, what like calling the shots. That- so I wonder what the relationship between the two Paytons are going to be now. Do you think George Payton's still pulling all this or, you know, is it Sean Payton? Oh man. I, I hope George sticks around, but yeah, I don't know. Sean will be able to decide whatever he wants. Really? All the decisions will be left up to him. So Wes, we're waiting for word from the, Colts and the Cardinals, but we learned that Frank Reich gets the nod in Carolina. And you already talked about Demeco Ryan's at least Houston. Does one of those stand out to you as like turn it around type of hire? Uh, I think Ryan's in uh, Houston does. Um, I'm hopeful that Houston doesn't keep the track record they've had over the last three years and they've seemed to hire an African-American 
head coach, fire him after uh, a poor season. It's been rinse, repeat the last, at least over the last two. And mm-hmm. I don't want that trend to continue. I, I think, um, I forget who came before Colin Lovey, but uh, I thought, I thought he did a mm-hmm. phenomenal job, uh, especially with everything that was going on uh, with Deshaun Watson at the time. Um, and then they, they didn't give him a chance to continue that. And they went with Lovey. And then I, I thought um, Lovey had, you know, some flashes. It's hard to have any flashes with the record that that team had, but um, I thought that, you know, what he was building there was something a little bit interesting. And uh, I know we talked in the off season, how Davis Mills is kind of a, a great scenario for him. If he came out and he mm-hmm. proved his worth, then he could be that, that quarterback for them moving forward. And if he didn't, then they would be positioned well to draft one this year. And um, I, I don't know really what's going on in Houston with the ownership group. You hardly see a turnover of head coaches so quickly and so often. This will be four years with four different head coaches. That's usually not a a role to success. Uh, But if anybody can do it, I I believe Ryan's can do it, especially uh, with the pedigree that he has within the Houston community, within the Houston organization. So, um, I, I think out of those two, uh, that Ryan's has the best chance to, to make his mark. Cody, the <clears throat> Texans screwed themselves out of the number one overall pick. And it's kind of, we're waiting to want, we're in a wait and see period. If somebody leapfrogs the bears to go up and get Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Otherwise, if the bears stay pat, which I don't think they'll do, then he could organically fall to them because the bears probably won't take a quarterback. Do you like the the Ryan's hire and speak for a minute on the Panthers. Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Ryan's hire. Um, they're in that whole process. So that's the guys hoping they would go with. You got to love the former player story and how hard uh, his team plays for him. But you know, there's a few Houston Texans players on defense that I'm, I kind of uh, am fond of. So I'm happy to see them get D'Amico Ryan's. Um and then what was the second part of that question? Panthers. Do you like Frank Reich there? Oh, uh, sounds like a no. I mean, it sounded like a Panthers, a Panthers hire. <laughs> if I've ever seen one, he's just like the last guy. <laughs> and the guy before that, they should have kept Steve Wilkes. I yep. thought Steve Wilkes did a pretty good job over there, but um, no, I mean, it's the same Panthers as three years ago and three years before that, three years before that all going all the way back to John Fox. It's, um, we'll see if, if, uh, they play any better than they were under Steve Wilkes after the Colts exit for, um, Reich, uh, there was some damning reports coming out about how things were carried out about the organization and things about that. Um, kind of like unprofessionalism. Stuff like that. And I know in Carolina, it doesn't really seem like, especially with how the former coach exited, that they didn't have very strong leadership in place. Uh, At least from my perspective, you got people making comments in the locker room, Robbie Anderson voicing his own opinions whenever he wanted to. Nobody was really stepping up to 
take control of that. And, you know, hopefully Frank Wright can turn that around. I do think he's a good coach. I did think that he would probably be a good fit um, in Denver, but Sean Payton's way better than Frank Wright <laughs> for sure. But um, I think he's he's probably not the guy. They're, they're going to kick the wheels again two or three years from now. Not yeah. the guy. They just cannot nail down the quarterback spot after uh, Newton's regression or, I guess, decline. Um, I mean, they had it set there for, what, seven years when Newton mm-hmm. was at the peak of his powers. But since then, it's been an eternal quest yeah, between and, six, seven different guys. And even then, they lucked into Cam Newton because they took um, Jimmy Clausen in the second round and we're going to continue their quarterback purgatory trajectory. <laughs> and they lucked into the number one overall pick to take Cam Newton. And even then, it was like, are they going to take Cam Newton? Or are they going to take the same old Carolina Panther type Blaine Gabbert dude? Yeah. Which they kind of, Cam Newton literally kind of just fell into their laps. <laughs> Other than that, Panthers are... They're mid for life. <laughs> Jason, the uh, Demeco Ryans takes over in a division that isn't too too tough outside of the emergence of the Jaguars. Do you like Ryans to turn around the Texans fairly soon? Well, I mean, I think he's he. <laughs> I look. I don't know a whole lot about the. D'Amico Ryans, other than the fact that everybody loves this guy. Um, apparently, the Broncos brass loved the guy. I mean, obviously, the, the the Niners defense was awesome. I loved watching him on the sidelines. He looked like a just a tremendous, energetic, passionate leader. Um, you know, but I saw the exact same thing when Salah was on the sidelines there. Almost the exact same thing, they, and and it, it's and I think I said that a few shows back. Um, so you know, good on D'Amico, and and I love the story too. I think one of you guys just mentioned that going back to Houston, played there for him. His wife's from there. Um, just an awesome story, and what a great opportunity he has to turn it around. And 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 I, I I'm glad that he decided to take that and. For Denver's case, because not that I don't think I I don't know what kind of a coach he's going to be. I just knew that we couldn't take a chance with another first time coordinator, regardless of how impressive that person was. And I I didn't want to risk that. Um, But I think at Houston, he's got a tremendous opportunity with less expectations than he would have had. About Nico Ryan's back in 2016. The guy sued the Houston Texans for his accused yes. injury, claiming that uh, it was due to the dangerous condition of the field. Sued them yeah, for I 10, remember that. Yeah, sued him for $10 million, and now he's all sitting in the interview room with him <laughs> like... <laughs> Did he win that suit? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I'll have to get back One to One of the that. Broncos tried to sue, too, this year. San Francisco. Yeah, they, they reached a settlement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually on NFL lawsuits, you always hear about them happening, and then you don't really hear, besides like maybe the concussion one that was global, <clears throat> you always mm-hmm. just kind of go into a bottomless split. Yeah, Demeco Ryan's played 10 seasons in the NFL, two-time Pro Bowler, went to Alabama, Defensive Rookie of the Year 2006, and he was a middle linebacker, one of those dudes that was always a tackle machine, and mm-hmm. he finished his career with four years with the Philadelphia Eagles 
from 2012 to 2015, and now he will represent the Houston Texans. Um, one of the, uh, I guess we might touch on the Super Bowl a little bit, but we can spend almost all episode next week. But I want to ask you by ask you guys about the interesting aspect of the 49ers quarterback situation. So they encountered quarterback hell. They they were down to nobody to throw the football in the NFC Championship, no less, because let me see if I can get all these straight. Uh, Trey Lance was supposed to be the QB one and DT was, he broke his ankle and Garoppolo was never traded. So he came in and he would write the ship. He broke his foot and then Tommy or Tommy John Brock Purdy, uh, hurt his UCL, which sounds like he'll probably be gone for all of next year, which is ruthless for the guy, because by the time he comes back, we will have forgot about him, and then we'll talk about him like, okay, was he a flash in the pan, like a Case Keenum type? That's how we'll we'll try to remember him. And then Josh Johnson was concussed, so they were down to nothing. And now we kind of assumed last week, some of us on the show said you can't bench, Cody did not say this, but we said you can't bench Purdy next year, especially if he gets you to the Super Bowl. Well, that's moot because he's probably not playing next year. I tell him. <laughs> Cody knew. Cody knew. Well, so, well, he won't play at all. You don't think? I mean, how yeah. long is he? Did well, they to- save? Tommy John in baseball is usually a year and a half, isn't it, Wes? Yeah, I, I think they they said Jesus. six months recovery time for this one um, was what I read. But yeah, usually in baseball. Uh, for the pitchers, it is about a year, year and a half. No kid. Yeah. So so now yeah. it, it might turn into a nothing burger because Lance has an ordinary injury, which is the broken ankle. So he should be ready. And we thought we were going to have this delicious quarterback controversy um, before our show today. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan in a press conference pretty much said Garoppolo's gone. Don't even think about it. Yep. And so now we're down. He said they're content with Purdy and Lance. Wes, do you believe them? Uh, yes, I do. For what they invested in um, in Lance or to get Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they will want to have a look at him in OTAs. And kind of take it from there. If uh, if they don't, or if he doesn't look good in OTAs, maybe that changes their thought process. Um, but I I do think that um, now with kind of Purdy on the shelf, uh, um, it clears everything up for Lance to reassert himself as the guy there. Um, now with him not really playing organized football uh, in four years, how that <laughs> factors in, I'm, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, I, I do think he will have the first. I was play. in my thirties the last time he played. <laughs> Man, this time next year we're gonna be feeling so silly that we were even talking about this. Trey Lance is. He's going to show out. I mean, we we joke about how he hasn't played football in four years. He got six weeks and a little bit more of like training camp and organized football, you know, so it's not it's not (laughs) six weeks and four years. You know, it's a it's a little exaggerated. I think it's it's not like he's just going to forget how to play. 
Uh, I think everything that the 49ers, every all the reasons why the 49ers wanted to take them, take him. Well, hey, still, Cody, so I, I think he's, Cody, he's gonna it's not, get every it's shot. Not really exaggerated. Awesome. I mean, th- we're talking. This is like one fourth or one fifth of this young he's man's still life. Still like twenty three. <laughs> he's so young, <laughs> and he has two years left on his deal with a third year possible. So I mean, I think this time next year, it's just gonna be like all those people. Who, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not going to be this type of jump, but all the people who talked about Mahomes and Alex Smith, and they're like, man, is, is he going to be the guy? Or are they going to need to bring in competition just in case Mahomes, you know, doesn't have it. And then the year, nobody even talked about that again. That's going to be Trey Lance, maybe not to that level. Cause Mahomes is a unicorn, but I think that people are going to be like, man, remember Brock Purdy? And they're going to talk about it in the same breath as remember Minshew Mania. That was pretty <laughs> yeah, well, nice. I, and- so was so was Nick Foles Eagles run when he went seven and oh or whatever. But what they have invested same, in same thing. is is big, too. But and and, te- and, I, and, and injuries are never a good thing. Of course not. Of course they are not. But it couldn't have really worked out better for Lance in this case to where he can go in, you know, and, and uh, know that they invested this in him and then he can be the, the guy and have the opportunity to climb back in there without that controversy is, is really remarkable how that worked out for him. I think Shanahan could break the league next year. You had, if Trey Lance works out, which I think he will and CMC and Debo stay healthy, they find Brandon Ayuk's probably gone, but you find someone to fill that void. I think that this team, they, they have to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, you add mobility to an offense that was still putting up points without a quarterback. That's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts because that 49ers team, even with literally zero quarterback, was still like, hey, like we need to stay on our toes. Like who knows what they're going to come up with. Christian McCaffrey could, there's no reason why he couldn't be an awesome quarterback too. <laughs> That team's ready. They're just ready for another layer. And Shanahan's going to get a whole year of, oh, you have no film on Trey Lance. And he has a mobility factor. He's 245 pounds. Let's go with it. Yeah, but something else has to be said for Shanahan and essentially putting his quarterbacks in harm's way. Uh, He... The play that injured Lance was a design run up the middle, which uh, is never good. Never good for a quarterback, um, especially one that relies on his legs. Um, I, I think the play that injured Purdy was also uh, a little haphazard. Um, I wa- I would want to see a coach that um, in the first quarter of a game maybe not it as ex- with his offense uh, and kind of see how his protections are doing are going before um, you know trying plays like he was trying early on uh, I, I think that just opened up and exposed his quarterback to unnecessary pressure and ultimately that pressure ended up in injuring uh, not only him but Josh Johnson I'm good point <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this, Wes. I was going to ask Cody, but uh, he's on the Trey Lance train, so I don't know if he could answer. Uh, I think I, I think we saw with San Francisco down the stretch, and even in the NFC Championship, all they need is a healthy human body to throw the football 
<laughs> I, I, I emphasize healthy. I don't mean a guy who's going to be good for eight games. I'm talking about a healthy human body. So I'm going to give you these quarterbacks <laughs> who are on the quarterback carousel. And Baker you, Mayfield. You either write There's them down. There's no chance. We're wasting <laughs> breaths here. Uh, this is why I asked the question to Wes. All right, Tom Brady excluded himself today. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, but he's probably going to already stay, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Rush, Geno Smith, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Jamison, um, Jameis Winston. Those are all either free agents or dudes that have whispered want to be out. Of those guys, you said you said Baker Mayfield. He can he can be got for cheap. We know that. Are there any <laughs> others that move the needle? Because there's also something to be said. Shanahan's now lived this in the flesh half hour away from the Super Bowl or an hour and a half away from the Super Bowl. Does he really want to go into this again with Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and some complete schmuck from the practice squad and hope it doesn't happen again? Uh, no. And uh, before we touch on that, I will say that uh, one of the things uh, both Lynch and Shanahan touched on in their press conferences today was um, the, I guess, need for the NFL to uh, reinstall the emergency quarterback uh, onto the roster, and that's where uh, a team can bring up a roster or a quarterback from the practice squad as an emergency option. Should this mm-hmm. scenario transpire again, uh, they said it would be good for development and uh, it would whatever else for that. Um, but I, I think. Uh, Brissette or a Mariota would work, uh, especially if you're rolling with Lance's uh, QB1. Uh, they have similar athletic profile fits to Lance um, to where the offense wouldn't really need to change uh, that drastically. I think Brissette would probably be uh, option one over Mariota just due to his um, history of being able to stay healthy. And then, I mean, we saw last year Mariota kind of uh, bucked the system once uh, he was informed he wouldn't be starting anymore. He mm-hmm. um, kind of pouted, pouted and yeah. quit on his team. He's so, toast. Back yeah. up for life. Did you yeah. say? Did you say Kirk Cousins? I only have him on there because no, Kyle Shanahan <laughs> twice. In a spot like a press conference, has talked about how he absolutely considers Kirk Cousins his quarterback, his ideal quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just and, okay, yeah. I was gonna say, and uh, because the Vikings general manager spent six years in San Francisco and worked with Shanahan, if there was ever a team that would do business with the 49ers, it would be the Vikings and Quasi Mensa. Yeah, no, that that would make a make a lot of sense. And Kurt, it doesn't get any more reliable than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it doesn't. It just simply doesn't. I don't even remember last time that guy missed a game. COVID. That's it. Yeah, Ever. yeah. yeah that's, that was it. Yep, he's never been hurt. Man, what a god! It's I wild. Yeah, know, anybody just... else, we would be we'd be touting it, calling the guy Iron Man. He would have like the logo. 
but it's Kirk. So we're not allowed to do that. <clears throat> yeah. That's crazy to me. I'll never understand where the hell that narrative originated from with that guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Can't get a, catch a break from the league. I think it was bec- the back-to-back franchise tags in Washington because mm-hmm. once they said you're mediocre, so we're going to give you this little tag. I think the rest of the media decided, all right, he must not be very good if the Washington won't get married to, to him. him. Yeah. 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 And I think it, and then plus the fact that he was a fourth round draft pick. And I think his personality, the way he approaches the game, he always acts like a fourth round draft pick. Like he, the way he thinks, like he's a, an interception away from getting benched. And he's been doing this, this QB one thing for, eight seasons, but the way that sometimes he approaches the game, I think he still is scarred by going through the battle with Robert Griffin that he's convinced if he lets it fly and he makes a mistake that he's just one quarter away from getting benched. That's, that's how I perceive him at times. Could very, very well be uh, an accurate presumption, man. He, he that, even, that, he even said in 2020, uh, what was it? Was it the summer leading up? I mean, he said, you know, if I throw these interceptions, I could get benched. And we're like, you don't have to worry about that, man. Come on. You're a guy, dude. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's insane. Oh, right. I wanted to touch on the, yeah. on the uh, this, will be, this will be real quick, though. We are talking about uh, Frank Reich over in Carolina and uh, with the quarterback situation they have over there. I think it, it, it goes to show, and you guys know just as well as I know, especially recently in my case, but – Boy, some of these teams, they spend decades trying to find a quarterback, mm-hmm. and it's such a hard thing to do, whether it's via the draft bus that we see come out or they get put into bad coaching situations or are trying to trade for a you know a Mayfield or a Darnold, thinking that in, the, in our system it'll work. And God, what a struggle that's. Living in the quarterback doldrums is a bad, bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. Did I give yeah. you guys? Did I give you guys my little speech about the quarterback tiers last week, or did I do that on a different show? About how Mahomes kind of ruins the quarterback tiers. Did I do? That no, I don't think you did. Well, I was. Ha- I had an epiphany watching the Cowboys game against the uh, 49ers, Was it two weekends ago? That so Mahomes after this weekend and even before that he's he's such an undisputed at the top of the ladder and the the media will try to say Mahomes versus Josh Allen and is Allen going to win the MVP this year we want there to be two guys that are like you know magic versus bird or jordan versus magic and Mahomes is so far above the rest that he gets paid at the top of the ladder but then every time a new guy like Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson want their new contract, they want that same money that Mahomes gets. And it dawned on me with Prescott that because he has that fat contract, we expect all of those guys that are like in the number two through seven to play like Mahomes because they're paid the same, but they're simply not as good. No. So when we have this chat about Prescott, like, Oh, he's just like Kirk Cousins, or he's just not, he's not quite good as Mahomes. The problem is that he gets paid to be as good as Mahomes. So there's no market that says, all right, Mahomes gets 60 million a year and all you other chumps get 45. They all eventually are going to get 50 or 55 million per year as the market continues to grow. So there's no monetary 
discrepancy between the best in the world versus the seventh best in the world. They all set the market every single year. And I think that's what drives people crazy, whether it's the Kirk Cousins naysayers or the Prescott people. It's that there's no deviation between the top six quarterbacks in the league in terms of money. Yeah, that is crazy. Shouldn't be that way at all. No, no, it, it, it should just be, all right, we've decided that Patrick Mahomes just gets 60 million per year. Josh Allen gets 50. Justin Herbert gets 47. But it's not how the world works. Agents come in and say, you know, Herbert's going to be as good as Mahomes. And then therefore he gets the next $250 million guaranteed. And it's 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 an awesome cycle for the players. But in terms of how the media tries to analyze quarterbacks, there is no pecking order money-wise, but there is a pecking order for the power rankings. And that, with Prescott, it really stood out to me that night that this guy flat out is not as good as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. He is not. He is good. He is not as consistently as good as those other two, but he gets paid to be. So Yeah, yeah. Or, or you can throw Burrow in there, too. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And Burrow, that's another one. Like He probably will start to nibble at Mahomes because he's had – two conference championships, one Super Bowl appearance. He's only 20, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's just, it's just Mahomes is, I mean, all the injuries in that game are just completely got forgot about. They, they had three wide receivers were hurt. They didn't have their best mm-hmm. linebacker. They were down to nubbins in the secondary, but still the guy on one leg got them to it. And, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable. All right. I want you guys to get ready for well, And then you, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then you throw in the 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 ridiculous plays that he makes. <laughs> it's reminiscent of back when Jordan first started to do his reverses and his free throw dunk, and back before anybody had ever seen or even dreamt of doing certain things. These no look passes, these lobs, and it's 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 the things he does is just ridiculous. Yeah, and it all looks so fun and effortless and, you know, something yeah. that kids like almost like the gritty that Jefferson does. It's it's fun stuff that kids can try, you know, in the playground. And yep. he, ma- he makes it just like Jordan, you know, you know, dunking from the free throw line or wearing the coolest shoes. It was it's you know, it's trend setting. All right. I yeah. was going to say next week, I want you guys to get your, your juiciest Super, Super Bowl takes ready because we'll spend at least 30, 40 percent of the show dissecting Chiefs Eagles. And we'll go from there. You gentlemen, you have a wonderful week, all right? Have a good night, guys. All right, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.